<laughs> What's up, everyone? It's Randy Bruce from Survivor Now, your go-to source for international and U.S. Survivor. My team and I have been putting in the work to bring you even more content covering everyone's favorite competition show. We now offer more content than ever over on our YouTube page through our new subscription tier system. Sign up today for either our casual, superfan, or the tribe tiers to get exclusive content only available for our most committed listeners. Prices start at just 99 cents a month, and our top membership, the tribe, is only $5.99 a month. Come on, come on. You cannot beat that price for exclusive videos, interviews, and meet and greets with your favorite Survivor castaways. Head on over to our YouTube page to subscribe today. And don't forget to check out all of the content that we offer at www.survivornowpodcast.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Matthew, and I am joined by the 17th runner-up of Survivor 41, <laughs> Abraham, and Survivor Now analyst, Ali. Today, we are discussing Episode 9 of Survivor Cambodia, Second Chances. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and threads at Survivor Now Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Survivor Now Pod. And Survivor Now Podcast is offering YouTube channel memberships. So if you want to support the channel while also getting exclusive content, you can check that out in our membership tiers graphic down below and select the best option that works for you. Of course, if you are unable to join at this time, leaving comments, liking this video, and subscribing are also great ways to show support. So Abraham, it's so great to have you back. I know last week we missed you. We saw an incredible idol play by Kelly Wentworth. What was your reaction to that? First of all, thank you for my introduction. That's the best one ever. Uh, <laughs> look, you know what? We we always talk about and we're always excited to see players find the idols. And I think this season with the way Jared Idol was, was camouflaged, the way her idol was camouflaged, and they had to really work to find it. The best thing you could do is when do I play it? And she waited to where Savage them and already said, we're going to get her out. But you, you know, it's timing things. If you played at the right time, you look like a superstar in the game of Survivor. You look like you've studied everything up until your opportunity to come back. And with her being on a second chance of playing Survivor again, masterfully played. You got out a strong player. You got Savage out there. You know, Savage was linked to Jeremy. He had a nice situation going. Moving forward, we done gone through the merge. It's just a matter now of picking people off one by one. And now you got to think twice. If she has one idol, she might have two. I hate to see Savage go, but if you're going to get voted out on Survivor, that is the best way to get voted out on Survivor. And she, it, it was masterful how they just unfolded. She's like, well, I guess it's time to play the idol. And for all the players that's coming next time and you want to look and say, what's the perfect time is when you get that feeling that somebody's really coming after you and you see the votes, the, the votes unfold and you save yourself. So, hey, hey, outstanding play yeah absolutely i'm still so confused why the majority alliance did not split the votes um i think they really learned that lesson but we do see uh spencer ask wentworth you know where did you find the idol in the first place and she didn't tell him she didn't no. admit that it was at a challenge ollie do you think this was a good strategy yeah completely because 
if she was able to kind of just play off that, you know, I found it here, like, this mm. is probably it. Like, play off and not give it. Because then if she openly went, oh, yeah, I found it at a challenge, you know full well now during each challenge there would just be this annoying thing of people going, oh, yeah. So <laughs> I think it was very smart of her because not only did it give her, kind, of, it kept her cards close to her chest so she always knew keep an eye on the challenges. But then I think for production and probably Jeff's benefit as well, you haven't got everyone just trying to find idols during the challenge and Jeff just being like, what are you lot doing? <laughs> Look, give him one of that bitch. Ain't none of that bitch. Yeah. And it, that's a good note. If you're ever on the show, look under every bench at every bench. Uh, a challenge. Um, so we also see Kimmy telling Joe that it has to be one of the three girls the next time. She refers to them as the three witches. Oh, I, this is this is, you know, I understand Kimmy's strategy here. It's kind of frustrating as a viewer just to keep hearing this but her her whole thing is she doesn't want the those three abby sierra and kelly wentworth getting close to tasha and jeremy so that's interesting that she identified tasha and jeremy as like the possible um ones to flip on their alliance and you know again you're trying to especially once you get so to me survivors played in phases the first phase is trying to make it to the merge the second phase is once you get into the merge what two or three people can i align myself with that can get me past those first three or four bottom votes to when you start getting down to 10, then you start getting down to eight, then you're down to six. Because if you can make it past and you got some loyalty in those votes, which we've seen, most of them are sticking together. Because we're going to in this episode here, we're going to have Fishback talking about voting blocks. And it's like the voting blocks. It's just a group of people that says, hey, this block here, we're going to vote together. That's what it looks like to me. So it's it's they're playing Survivor now in phase two where, OK, I got to get somebody to decide with me. And we see Sierra is like, you know, I just want to get somebody else out other than myself. And that's really what you're trying to do. Who can I get voted besides me? Yeah. I just like, but I will say I'm so sorry to the witches coven because everyone's hating on them. And I think all the fans know iconic, um, iconic alliance. But yeah, it's just, it feels like it's this constant thing of, going back to Kimmy, she is very much still on this buy on strong kind of wave. And it's like, right, everyone that's been loyal to us, we're loyal to them. And it, again, it's kind of that, that, that thing of slightly old school where it's like, you screw us over once and there's nothing. And there's like, the, the thing with Kimmy is there is currently with her game, a lack of fluidity. Like she is very much, if you have done anything wrong to me, I have no loyalty. So I think that's where I think Kimmy is coming from in that sense, because she just doesn't trust those three. She trusts Jeremy and Tasha because she's been with them throughout the entire game. So when she probably mentioned them, it's just the fact that those are the two people she's very close with. So she doesn't want to see them flip. Yeah, she, I mean, she's competing. Uh, we, we do see Joe killing all the challenges, but she's competing and you're trying to look and say, who who can I beat when I have to beat him? So I'll play Kimmy. If you can keep him, if you can keep the focus off of you, great. 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think that's one of the smarter things to do when you are in the individual por- individual portion of the game is keep eyes off of you. But someone who maybe wants to take advantage of working with Abby, Sierra, and Wentworth is Steven. He says, okay, Kimmy's calling them the three witches. Maybe they can concoct a potion that will work in my favor. Just one thing of that, re-watching it, my boyfriend made a very good point. Apparently, because you know Stephen quoted them, like what 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 is the three people were. Apparently, that quote is completely wrong. According to my, it's Hubble Bubble Toil and Trouble, and I was like, oh, oh interesting. Yeah. So just side note, I do I I could be completely wrong. Someone can tell me in the comments as well if I'm wrong. But apparently, that quote is wrong. Um, but it is such a joy to like as a viewer to see some like a change in the dynamics it's not just this big block of people that are going to be in the nicest way possible friends either it's like no we're going to be here and do what i need to do because i'm not here to play with this group i'm here to play for me so i am happy to see that steven is now kind of being like i'm wanting to do this we've seen him wanting to do it for ages and i think it was just that thing of he needed to get into a spot and he needed things to happen so that he could. And I do think Savage going did really benefit his game in the sense that he was, he felt more free to do it. I just don't think Fishback is playing a game. I just think he's kind of moving. It's not really, mm-hmm. he's not really, he would, he, he's not going to be like, he said, oh, I got to get stuff on my resume and stuff like that. But then you go to the three and you, and you're basically saying, Hey, what would y'all like to do? I'm with you. That's really not a move. That's a question. So I understand what you're saying, Ollie. Now he has a chance. He's not up under the the brightness of Savage. But I don't really see Fishback as that player where if he has to get the speech at the end, I'll be like, okay, what'd you do? Well, I went and talked to the the other three. Uh, Right now, I'm still on the back burner with Fishback. We'll see. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that, Abraham, because the way that this episode goes, and I'm curious uh, to hear what you both think as we continue talking about what ends up happening, uh, what game move ends up happening. It, Although Steven is at the forefront of a lot of it, it doesn't really feel in the edit like it it's his move, which is weird. And we, I have some evidence that we can point to to talk about that, but it feels like it's more reliant on the decisions of Jeremy and Spencer. So I, mm. I'm curious as we talk about this, but Jeremy, on the other hand, is concerned because Savage was a shield for him. Yeah. And now Savage is out. And that was always Jeremy's strategy from the beginning of the season was, I'm going to surround myself with the big physical looking threats. And that way, no one it's less likely that people have come after me first. So now that Savage is gone, it's kind of interesting to see how Jeremy pivots his game from here. I, I do. Do you know what? I think this is kind of the first episode you see, and this is completely my view, probably. You kind of see the weaker side of Jeremy's game. Because you see, because mm. it's very clear he wanted... Like, Savage was a big shield for him. And I think you kind of see, like, if something doesn't go his way, you you kind of saw that paranoia throughout the episode. And there was some really good things with, like, his game this round as well. But I think especially at the start of the episode, you do see his paranoia and almost this thing of, 
it didn't go my way straight away it's i'm the target now and i think it's just that it's that internal demon of his going as soon as this person's out no matter what i'm going to be the forefront and i feel like he he's focused on the what ifs a bit too much at the start of this episode and we saw that um so it will definitely be interesting to see what happens moving forward obviously within this episode i gotta i gotta agree with you ali but you gotta remember he's he's been thrown off tilt you know mm. one of his key plan or his strategy is gone and abby already said look i need to look out for jeremy so his name is kind of out there yeah as a as one of the possible hey we need to look at voting him out because mm. now i think his paranoia played in his advantage because we're going to see later on that he acts on the paranoia in his favor and say, well, if I think that somebody's coming after me, but I still think he has fish back in front of him. I definitely know Joe is in front of him. So if he got to throw some names out there, I definitely look, I, I would say everybody else like Spencer, they're not as vulnerable because we'll see Spencer always saying that he's vulnerable, but he's not as vulnerable now and compared to a, a Jeremy, because I think with the challenges and things coming up, if it's not Joe, it's definitely going to be Spencer, depending on what the challenge is. And we see that yeah. in some of the challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to add to that as well with the just my view for the Jeremy thing. I think you also kind of have to have Tasha in there as well, because oh, yeah. you remember you remember last round and a couple of rounds before this big group of people. It was Fishback, Tasha, Jeremy, Savage, Joe, like they were all kind of mentioned. So, like, I feel like Jeremy already had kind of that worry because his name was openly said. And then I think seeing Savage go, I think he just, he assumed that he was the next biggest person when he had every chance to kind of be like, well, remember these three names have also been mentioned and kind of ensuring and hoping that the spotlight's on them as well. Just the tiny bit, not so much that it hurts him, but yeah. I, let's point out some of the beautiful, the beautiful side of playing Survivor where we see Jeremy can, in one of his confessions talks about Val, his wife. Yeah. And he talks about his wife and why he's out there playing. I think this survivor is unique in the sense that it strips a lot away from you by not giving you food, putting you in a harsh environment. And we get a chance to see some of the motivation and we see the tears and we see the understanding of why he's out there playing. Mm -hmm. um, and he talks about Val and the son not being born because at that time he didn't know he had a son. Um, so his son not being born and why, what's his motivation for being out there? Because you're putting yourself through an X amount of number of days every day you stay there. It hurts a little bit more physically, psychologically, and you're starting missing home. So I understand the part you're talking about, Ali, where he is paranoid, but I do think that we don't get to see a lot more personal Jeremy if he's not paranoid or if he's not a, a little for a better choice of the words, a little unhinged because now we get to hear about Val and their story yeah. and how it all plays into the game of what motivates me to come out of here and even play Survivor. So in that aspect of it, I, I think Survivor has captured that and kind of give you a space for it so we can see that person. Yeah, it definitely, it lets us see Jeremy in a light that is not specifically Jeremy the player, but it allows us a sneak peek mm -hmm. of Jeremy the person. And I love, you know, it's, I love seeing when players kind of get the rug pulled out from under them and have to scramble a little bit. I think any uh, good player, any player on screen, whether they rise to the occasion or they 
fail trying, uh, it makes for compelling TV. It makes for compelling strategy. It's very fun to watch. So like you said, Abraham, I think his paranoia really suits him well because he feels like he needs to find another idol. And this sparks a massive OG buy-on idol hunt on the beach. I really enjoyed uh, this moment because especially when Abby catches Joe, um, (laughs) trying to find the idol i thought this was so hilarious i think abby was just trying to go like use the bathroom and was like just let me know when you're going to be done and and went back and told wentworth um that she saw joe trying to find the idol it was when sorry no no, i was just wondering why abby wentworth and sierra weren't it didn't show them looking too hard for it i I think the edit um i'll go back to my the the edit i feel like it wanted to kind of give this interpretation that bion is now paranoid mm. and more so this is gonna sound shady more so the men because even though you did see tasha you saw basically all of the men running around trying to find this idol but just the abby thing i found it so hilarious when she was like i need to go to the toilet go away <laughs> and it was like very clear like if you needed to go to the toilet you'd be there like just like having to go like even if you saw him you'd be like right run away that was abby being abby which i loved and she was like i need to go to the toilet right here in this specific spot so please go away (laughs) i love her you you can see joe out there abby abby like has a a matchstick and and it's always on ready to be lit uh but you got joe is out there legitimately understanding his position he, he, he's like, look, I, I'm going to play hard in challenges. I'm going to try to win these challenges. And eventually they're going to, it's easier to say, Joe is going to win every challenge. We have to stop him and take mm-hmm. your name out of the play or say, well, we're not going to vote for Sierra next because she really doesn't win challenges. We got to get Joe out right now. So I think they have grounds to be nervous. But let me tell you something. Looking for an idol in the jungle is not easy. So the edited parts we get probably is 10 minutes. The actual looking part, they probably looking all day because Jeremy didn't just happen to come up on the tree root and find something. I mean, so Joe is out there. You're poking in trees and it's it's not super hidden, but it's hidden. So if you walk by and not paying attention, you won't see it. But I like the fact that you put them on this big chase and everybody's out there looking and you're right. The three women are like, no, nah, I'm not I'm not going out there. It's literally, man, it's spider webs out there. There was holes out there. There was just, it's just crazy out there in the woods. So don't make it look, TV does not make it look better. It's really mm-hmm. crazy out there looking for stuff. But do you, oh, this is actually another a question I've just thought of then. Do we think that we didn't see them looking for the idol because they maybe wanted, the, the three girls, the three, the three witches, um, wanted to kind of maybe use that as a thing of, well, haven't you noticed these people all now suddenly looking for an idol? These people are all now scrambling. Do it like potentially. Uh, I don't know. That falls on the two things you gotta remember now. It's a TV show. So they could have been looking for it and it just didn't it didn't fit into the narrative they were giving yeah. us as, as who do we want to focus in on that? Or they just weren't looking. I mean, it, we, we we won't really know. The only way we will know is if we ask Abby. Abby. <laughs> hey, we 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 should we should let's call her right now let's see if she's busy um i you know i also wonder like who 
if they were to use that strategy of look who look who's going to search for the idol it's not us mm-hmm. who are they telling because Everyone they would tell are the people who are kind of searching for the idol. <laughs> Again, it de- like it would depend on who they know at that point is not as actively like would actively look. Potentially, I would say maybe Stephen, because again, we know that they are able to kind of get in Stephen's ear. So potentially, even though Stephen would be looking, they may go, "Well, you see, all these other people have been looking." quite a bit as well, even more so than you maybe. Um, so I think Stephen could, would probably be a very smart choice to kind of put that bug into. Now let's not forget, Jeremy still has an unplayed idol. So it, it, it's, it's again, finding an idol, planning an idol, he's made it to merger and not had to use that idol that he already has. So he already has one idol in his back pocket and the word on the street is, we need to all go out and find another idol. Because we've already seen the idol play at Tribal Council. So we know it's been put back into play. Now we want to find another one. So what's the best thing? Is send as many people. Because if we see in the opening thing, Fishback walks up to Jeremy. He was like, man, we got to start looking for this idol. Hmm. Not ever letting on the fact that he already has one idol. So now it's like, okay, let's all start looking to see what happens. Oh, I... That's an important note to keep in mind that Jeremy does indeed have one Mm -hmm. idol that's going to really play into the rest of this episode. So let's jump to the reward challenge. So the tribe will be divided into two teams that will race to build a staircase out of poles. They will then climb their staircase and complete a maze before sliding down the other side of the scaffolding. Then one person from each team will maneuver a key through a rope obstacle and use the key to open a chest with puzzle pieces. The completed puzzle will reveal three numbers that are a combination which will raise the team's flag. The first team to raise their flag win a trip to the Survivor Spa where they will be able to shower, eat, and receive massages. The challenge first ran in Brains vs. Bronze vs. Beauty. Tasha and Spencer's team lost the challenge, which Spencer was on the puzzle for. So we got another repeat challenge. I I love these repeat challenges. I love the opportunity because I think it fits so well into the game. Here's where me and Ollie comes in together. Ollie, I'm going to hit you with the pole because that pole is you. It's heavy. Why are you going to hit me with that? Because you're going to be trying to help, man, and you're going to be the closest big guy next to me. And bam. Because, <laughs> I mean, I look at the fun and the challenge is just as much as the structure of the challenge. I think it's a greatly structured challenge. But then poles, like, they, if you'd have slipped and fell, that pole was gone. I love the rain. The rain, the mud, I love it all. If you're going to go out there and do a challenge, do it in the elements. And they were in the elements having such a struggle. We see, we definitely see who didn't want to pick who to be on the actual team. I will just want to say with the redemption thing, again, I'm loving it. Mm. I'm starting to notice a pattern, which is kind of not irritating, but I'm just noticing why is it constantly... Kagi on. Why? Like, yeah. It's been like, it's been four or five at this point, And I'm kind of sat there going, always, for some bizarre reason, like, it, I'm always hearing that it's a redemption for Spencer. It's a redemption for Tasha, <laughs> especially in this merge. And I'm kind of there like, there's so many other players. Don't you want to give them a shout out or them a shine? No. Jesse. Is it a Messy Jeff does not care. But also, even the immunity challenge that we're going to see today was also brains versus bronze versus beauty, which is uh, Kagi on. So, yeah, 
I'm I'm also getting a little like, okay, let's move it along. I feel like the other represented season that had multiple redemptions was Borneo. Um, yeah. For Wigglesworth, but by far, Kageon definitely seems like has the most uh, and, redemption storylines. And I know yeah. that there was four, like there was four players that returned there. So obviously there was a bigger chance of more of them obviously making it further. But at the same time, like, again, it was like the eating challenge. There was a, there was like a little thing to, um, there was a little thing to Kimmy. There was a little thing to China. Like, that's why I appreciated when they could do chat, like even those kind of redemption challenges that you could have multiple people talk about. Um, I do also just want to talk about the challenge in the sense of the other, like the team that did struggle. I think the big issue was that the other team had a clear direction and it seemed like the green team had no one really taking charge. You could kind of hear Kelly trying to like give ideas, but no one was really listening to her. And this is probably not going to sound like me person, but it did seem like one person in particular really was just doing their own thing. And I was quite surprised no one was kind of being like, Stop just moving stuff around, and it was Keith, because you constantly saw Keith just picking stuff up and then moving it, and that like no, I didn't really hear like I didn't see him being like I'm going to move this one, and then like every time I saw him move something, it was wrong, and I was like, <laughs> it's I was like, it is Keith actually just unintentionally ruining the challenge without people realizing? Keith trying to undermine it. <laughs> I mean, they definitely seemed very scattered as a as a team. And that was um, Kelly Wiggles, who was the captain and selected the team. Kelly Wentworth was also on it. Kimmy, Jeremy, and like you said, Keith. So that was the that was the uh, green team. Purple team, Tasha was the captain and selected Spencer, Joe, Steven, and Sierra. And the one person that was not selected to play and had no chance at winning reward was Abby. And I will say... This is a change that I am happy to see in later seasons where if you are not selected to compete for a reward, you get to select which tribe you think will win. Oh, yeah, that's good. I think that's such a great change because this this was just sad to see. Yeah, I mean, you also stuck with the outcome. So it's it's like, do I select the ones that lose? Now I got to lose. I will say the reward challenge was great because the food, because Joe was talking about the food, getting some food in you, getting an edge by getting something to eat. Um, I wouldn't have gave anybody a shower. No, we're not doing a spa day. Y'all just get some sandwiches. But I like the fact that it was a real reward with real food that really kind of would give your spirits a little perk up in order to compete versus uh, currently we have in. I ain't going to talk about 41, 42, 43 rewards. I'm just going to let them go today because I'm back. Um, but a real reward. And I, and I love it. I love to see a reward that, you know, something out of it. But we did see some where there seemed like it was just an ultimate disadvantage on one side versus the other. As far as how long it took him to do the actual steps, how long it took him to get through. We got Jeremy just coming through with the key and we got Spencer and them solving for the numbers. It's like, what happened here? So it's, it's fun to see how it just kind of all pans out differently as you get later in the game. I I agree. It was it was such a drastic difference in terms of uh, getting this challenge complete. 
Green team, they fall way too far behind and just cannot seem to recover. I'm actually very impressed that they even got to the uh, obstacle, the key through the rope obstacle course. Uh, but the purple team wins a trip to the Survivor Spa. They win the challenge. Spencer earns his redemption from the puzzle. Tasha also earns a redemption from just being on the winning team. Uh, and Jeremy is uh, says he's really embarrassed by this loss uh, because they were so far behind the entire time. I think that also kind of played into again his paranoia because he oh, yeah. again he's already he's already in that paranoid state and now he's lost the challenge and I think everyone kind of has had this thing of when you're on reward you can have you have that time to actually have the chats that could change outcomes and I think that's again it would that was probably a thing with Jeremy so yeah, it's, it's probably just his paranoia and his kind of wanting to ensure he's in the best position as to why he's feeling that way. But just well, as well, that, that reward. I know you you weren't a fan of it, Abraham. I loved it. <laughs> look, hey, look, I was like, hey, look, y'all y'all trash. But anyway, but y'all still play. Uh, but we see Sierra taking advantage of being at the reward, too. Yeah. It's, it's a great thing to try to push somebody a different direction or get a chance to just kind of get your words in without having every ear in the conversation. Uh, but ultimately, I love the challenges. I love to see them compete and and I love to see people lose. It's got to be a winner. It's got to be a loser. You'd be like, but I, I can understand where Jeremy's coming. It's how they lost. It's like, we didn't even compete. So is, is Keith really throwing a challenge? You know, is, is, is somebody else like undermining the challenge? But I always say that a reward challenge is a lot less pressure than an actual immunity challenge. So, yeah, you don't win the, you know, you still got some rice somewhere around there. That's back when they used to give out rice. Uh, you still got some rice. So you still can be happy. I love that you mentioned Sierra because she is definitely working very um, hard to try to sway people again. I like the attitude. I have nothing to lose. So I'm just going to go and swinging. And one of the things she does say is that people will lose if they are sitting next to Jeremy at the end. So that's, that's interesting. I want us to put a pin in that statement because I think it comes back to later when we talk about Steven trying to get uh, Spencer and Jeremy to vote with him this uh, for this tribal. So she says this. You know, I think people are being nice and just kind of nodding along. But Stephen also says that Sierra, Abby, and Wentworth deserve to be in the game because they are working harder than the dominant alliance is working to stay in the game. I found that to be a very interesting statement. I, I kind of, like, I do get it. Um, obviously, like, from a viewer standpoint, you can, you can probably feel like some people are more so relying on that alliance. And kind of Stephen did lay it out kind of referencing that it is kind of this old school way of we have this alliance and then within this alliance there's this alliance and then within that alliance there's that alliance. And I think sometimes when you saw old school Survivor with that scenario happening, mm. you did see some people get kind of comfortable and then kind of just get, you, you saw them, you saw some people get really far. And then when you looked at it, it was like, well, actually, what did they do? Um, so I think that was probably more so where Stephen was coming from. It was some people might just be sitting back and being like, "Well, I'm in a good, I'm in a good spot. Why why should I why should I fight harder if I know I can get this easy way out?" Whereas you have the girls fighting. Um, but obviously, as a viewer, I was kind of like, "Yes, keep the girls, keep the witches." 
The witches we love. <laughs> hey, look. The I, I think it's, it's a great little group right there that's, that's playing the game of Survivor. I mean, we see Fishback in there. To me, Fishback is an outlier. He's trying to figure out where he can fit in at, where the three girls are like, look, we're fighting. We're here to play. We're trying to figure out how can we win the game by turning a couple players. And to me, Fishback fits into that scenario better for them. I don't think they can get a Jeremy because you're right. Jeremy's going through a little paranoia right now, which is good. Um, but we see that he may not be as easily turned. But we also see where Jeremy is like Fishback is his also one of his allies, one of his bigger allies. So it's like I like to see these turns and twists in the game because, one, it doesn't make it boring. You don't ever know what's coming next. Hmm. But also, I think the reason they've said Jeremy is because I think Jeremy has maybe a bit made it a bit too obvious that he is kind of one of the big glues mm. of that group because you kind of saw it in previous episodes. If anything was about to kind of break, Jeremy just flung like himself into the equation and like held them together being like, guys, remember this. So I potentially that could be why Sierra threw out his name, not just because obviously he could win at the end, but because they see how much of the glue Jeremy can be with that group. And if you can take someone from that group who is it's kind of going to always keep that that group together like jeremy like even potentially wigglesworth even potentially um tasha it could start to take away the foundations you know what's yeah. interesting i think that reason that you outlined is it's so tasha ends up throwing wiggles name out there and i think a large part of that is I mean, Tasha has a lot of trust with Jeremy as well. And it's interesting that she sort of deflects the conversation <laughs> at the reward onto Wiggles as, Hey, if Wiggles makes it to the end, she's a big threat too to win she the knows, game. Also she knows everybody. I thought this was a very understated move from Tasha to sort of shift the target onto someone else who she probably wasn't as close to in the game and i thought that this was really interesting but jeremy mm. definitely is the clue but i think that's also the reason why tasha may be protecting him in this moment here mm. also abraham i do have to flag one of our viewers says that you are looking fresh after your european <laughs> vacation so there you go look i try to look it was a relaxing vacation you know it, it was hey look i recommend vacation for everybody <laughs> I can't wait to come back, man, and be with Ollie and do a podcast in England. So I'm, 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 I'm working on that. That's my next plan. Hey, we there we go. That's exciting. But yeah, so I mean, what do we think about Tasha's move right here? I think Tasha's playing a stealthy game. I think she is, you know, sitting in the background and waiting for opportunities. Because one, you don't want your name thrown out there. So nobody this episode, we'll just say this episode here, is throwing Tasha's name out there. You know, we know Joe name is going to be thrown out there, which it was. We see Jeremy names being thrown out there um, and we see Sierra names being thrown out there and, and Wigglesworth and, and Kimmy. But then you were like, whatever, we got more players in that playing the game. So it's, it's great to see where how do I not get my name thrown out there for anything? And I think she's just playing a good game on that part right now. Yeah, Tasha's, I have to say, is. Uh, one of my favorite players this season as well. I thought the way that she handled pre-merge was fantastic. And I think uh, where she is now in the merge, again, sort sort of 
playing yeah. behind the scenes in a way I think it's very strong for for Tasha. So um, I'm, I'm she's one that I have my eye on for the season. Um, so let's go to back to the losing tribes camp because this is where <laughs> we find out that by losing the challenge and losing reward, Jeremy actually gained probably a much better reward than anyone. So he takes this opportunity at camp to go and look for the idol. And what he finds is not the idol, but a clue that basically says that he will have to sneak away from camp at night and follow a map to a lantern to retrieve the idol. This is fun. I love this. I love when you got to work for it. I love when you got to think outside of the box, because when you're there at the campsite, there's a fire that you can you can pretty much just see in that area. So you can kind of walk off, but somebody's going to notice how long you've been gone. So you got to figure out what's the best thing. I, we saw it with Brad in their season when Brad had to run down and, and actually try to find it. But I'm glad they just didn't give them another idol. They gave them a clue to an idol. So you have yeah. to work twice as hard to get the idol. Yeah. yeah. I am appreciating with the, like in this season because I know that in previous seasons it was kind of like here's the clue and then here's the idol and I like that we've kind of had that again because obviously um, we did see some seasons where it was like people were just proving you don't need clues to find idols and I think it's good that um, we all know who I was shading there Russell Hunt. Um, and I think it's good that it is kind of being like no the idols are not going to be anywhere near here you're going to have to find these clues first and you're going to have to yeah. ensure that you, you earn these idols, which I did appreciate. And again, I think it kind of encompasses the second chance thing. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just hilarious when it was night and Jeremy was like, the one time they don't all go to bed. And then you've got Keith being the dad being like, don't stay up too late. <laughs> you know, it's, this has got to be hilarious. How far away did they plant that idol that you didn't see the light? That's a great how, question. How much darkness was he in before he even got to where he could actually see it? I'm assuming that the light wasn't even that bright of a of a lantern. I think it looks brighter in the like night vision that mm. the camera does. Oh, but I imagine yeah. it was very faint. And this is where I'm curious about. Do the does the camera crew follow the players to a certain point? Cause he said that he has to go use the bathroom. And I'm just wondering if the camera people always have to follow the players to a certain point. Um, Cause I, does that clue any of the players there? What's going on? So here, so here's the thing. The objective of every game of survivor is if we don't film it, it didn't happen. And we can't tell your story. So if you go off by yourself there, yeah, there may be a possibility you go by yourself. But if you go off into the woods in the middle of the daytime, you're looking for something. They're going with you. Somebody's going with you to try to capture that moment of finding it. Now, if you're it's dark and you're going to the water because we know where the bathroom locations are at. No, they're not following you because one, they don't they won't go into the water, nor will they let us go into the water at night. As you can tell, that's that's a little dangerous. So, um, and they don't want anything to happen to us. So we don't, we're not going to be in water at night. Um, but based off of that challenge and those instructions, somebody was there to make sure they captured the moment, and that's what it's all about. So, because we want to see Jeremy go through the darkness, we want to see Jeremy finally find it. But we know you got a lantern out there. That's not that much light to read. And then he blows the lantern out. I'm like, no, nah, it's dark. It was. <laughs> 
I can't speak for anywhere else, Cambodia, but let me tell you something. It was pitch black in Fiji. And the only time I went out when, when the moon was out because it was a crystal clear sky so I could see, and I was just out there picking up firewood, but it was still scary to be out there in darkness. So you got to remember, yeah, you want to go looking for something, but a map does help out better as far as danger. I can't even imagine what that would feel like. I, I'm with you, Abraham. I would... When it's when the full moon is out, that's when I'm, you know, probably going to be awake. It's probably very beautiful too. But uh, the, uh, Jeremy finds the idol. He finds it in the dark. He names it Val's idol. This is where we get that really great moment where he talks about Val. I have to admit, I was also getting just like a little emotional watching it because um, it's it's just like we said before. It's great to see these players a little glimpse as to who they are outside of the game, and I, and I loved it. So, especially yeah. for Jeremy. Sorry, I was just gonna say, especially for Jeremy, where we saw in his previous season that he he did kind of hide his emotions. It was very much we saw Jeremy the oh, player. Yeah. So it is really nice to see these moments where it's like Jeremy the person. So I did just want to shout out it Jeremy was, for that. It was it's, it's kind of funny. So when we when we start when they start to say who's gonna be on the next seasons and stuff, it's almost like the gateway to be able to reach out to the other players. So well, Jeremy being recently played. I was like, man, I, I text him on Facebook. I said, hey, man, I understand why you don't like coconut now. And I was like, ah, they probably go into the rest of the, you know, messages. Immediately he messaged me back, man. Yeah, I do understand what you're talking about. So he's a great guy. Um, I just haven't been in the same place with him to meet him in person, but I've talked to him through uh, chat. So great guy. But I, I love the fact, like you said, Ollie, you get a chance to see why some people go out there and why they're playing and he got Val out there and he wants to make his life a little better. He wants to make the kids life a little better. Um, and you get to do it through an adventure like Survivor. So I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. I, I think I, it, he really started, uh, you know, getting to my emotions when he was saying uh, Val deserves this win. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, just awesome thing to hear. One just one thing I want to just my brain's just clocked out. Just let me know. With Jeremy now having two idols, oh. we have to hope that there isn't the James curse. That's all I just want to put out there. Oh, here, oh. Survivor China. It's oh, this is. I'm currently watching that with the boys. So here's a cool here's a cool coincidence. A friend of mine that's in the military that's really my neighbor down the street is James' cousin. <laughs> I was like, and when I found out I was going to be on the show, I was really trying to track James down. I would literally have to go to Louisiana to the little small town he lives in to actually talk to him because James kind of is off the map. But uh, and I was like, you're whose cousin? James is my cousin. But James' game playing skills outside of being hurt and being put, put out of the game for being hurt twice his actual game playing skills may have been a little questionable. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. Just in case I see him, because James is way bigger than I am. He he had he had the knee injury and a, a finger injury injury, is that right? Finger got mm -hmm. infected and he popped his knee out oh. and he wanted to still play, but the medical team said no. Yeah. Yeah. That... The, medical, the medical team said no for the finger too. They was like, no, you gotta go. Yeah, that's not a fun fun way to play mm. the game thankfully this season um we haven't seen injuries within the challenges uh and i would like to keep it that way is that true 
Yeah, I think so. We haven't had medical. Nothing, nothing that we have seen, but I've seen yeah. band-aids and stuff. They try to get band-aids that are that matches your skin to kind of hide them. And we've seen a couple of wraps here and there. You get, I mean, you get bumps and scrapes all the time. Yeah. yeah. Especially different. going down these bamboo slides and wooden <laughs> planks. Like, you know, you're going to get burned up a little bit. So uh, let's keep going with some of the strategy talk before we get into the immunity challenge. So what happens here is basically Steven is forming a plan with, uh, Wiggle, uh, excuse me, with Wentworth, Sierra, and Abby. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're throwing out Joe's name if Joe doesn't win immunity. He also says that he sees that Joe and Kelly Wiggles are getting really close, and he says that they have a shared arrogance about how awesome they are. I'm, co- I'm so confused by that statement. Obviously, us viewers are seeing something different, but what do you two think? Well, it was number one. It was when he was like, "They're like an auntie and nephew." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, I was like, okay." I was like, "I didn't realize an auntie and nephew was like such a big scary thing." Um, I think the shared arrogance thing. I think that comes from his worry of from kind of token genes because I think he sees. I, I feel like with Stephen, or what's been betrayed on the show so far this season, is that anyone that is very big and physical and knows they are he kind of immediately is like they think they're going to do well that they're like the jt so i think that like might be an element as to why he's kind of wanting to go from them because again it's just that little chip on his shoulder yeah i think he's just trying to paint a picture of them that because i'm like you and joe are not that small i mean you're you're both you know, Joe may be a little more physical in the, in some areas, but I think him and him, they're about the same size. And But you're ultimately you're trying to paint a picture. You're trying to paint a picture that helps navigate your game. And that's what I think he does. I, I don't think he's playing Survivor and he came back to play Survivor. So I don't think he's any less a player than any other rest of the players. Because you ultimately said, yeah, you would come back out here. So if you were afraid of what you were going to encounter, like um, – the savages and the Jeremy's you wouldn't have came back, but you wanted to come back to prove a point. So I think he's just as conniving of a player. And we see some of it as he goes to the, the three and say, Hey, let's do this or that. No matter how you approached it, you still want to be playing the game of survivor. And I think that he just kind of want to paint a picture because on the second chance, now we know what's going to happen with some of the video footage and what we see on TV and how you want to come across. We know all this stuff now versus when you go in there for the first time, you don't know what it feels like to have a camera there every minute of the day or have everything kind of edited away and you're trying to figure out what to say and how does it sound. Well, Fishback knows and he's aware of it. And I think that's the picture he wants to paint. <laughs> but I would vote him out. I, I'm with you, Abraham. I I thought before uh, it was so funny <laughs> when he was talking to Sierra and Wentworth and Abby, and he said something like, oh, it's it's so dumb the way the game's been going. And Sierra looks at him like, uh-huh, like I've been saying this every tribal. And actually, Stephen, you like you were the one who was always uh, telling me it wasn't go, you know, it was going great. So I thought this was funny. They kind of throw out two names. It's Joe and Wiggles that they are contemplating voting out. So we are going to take a really quick 47 second break. And then we're going to get right to the individual immunity challenge, which is very special this time because there's a secret advantage. Hi, Survivor Now podcast listeners. I am Katie from KT Designs, better known as Katie Tedesco Art on both Instagram and Etsy. 
I have been designing and selling Survivor products for over seven years at my Etsy shop, including replicas like hidden immunity idols and Survivor trading cards with all of the players' stats on the back. I am so grateful for Survivor Now for giving me this shout out and helping me reach even more super fans. I love listening to their podcast. So if you are looking for some really unique reality TV products for yourself or to give a super fan in your life, come check out my Etsy shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash katietedescoart.com. I don't know if you all saw, but Katie started making uh, Big Brother merchandise as well. And that's awesome. Uh, the channel is actually covering this season of Big Brother, Big Brother 25. So we have episodes on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays after the show airs on the East Coast. Uh, so be sure to join us back on the channel for uh, the uh, Sunday episode and Wednesday episode, you have to be a subscriber to engage with us in the live chat. And for the eviction episodes on Thursday, you have to be a member of one of our tiers, uh, again, which you can see information down below to do that. So there we go. First, Let's... This is my first season watching Big Brother from the very first episode. So. Oh, Abraham, you need to join us on the podcast so we can hear your thoughts too. <laughs> Definitely lots to talk about. So. Let's go ahead and get into the individual immunity challenge. So each castaway will balance on a pyramid in the water with their feet perched on narrow footholds. At regular intervals, the castaways will transition to a more difficult part of the platform. The last person to not fall off wins individual immunity. The challenge ran on Brains vs. Ron's First Beauty, where Tasha and Spencer both lost. <laughs> Just getting that out of the way. I love the rain. I love that it was raining. I love it was cold. I loved it. it was raining. I was like, the more miserable, the better. That's a challenge. Can I just say, though, this might surprise people. This is my favorite Survivor challenge. Really? It's, yeah. I don't know what it is. Every time I've seen it play, I just get really excited. It's just, I, it's just something completely different for me. Um, I think it also becomes, it's like a, there is a big balance element and being mm. a dancer, I'm kind of like. Oh. Um, You're cheating but, already, Ollie. No. You're cheating. See? There you go right there. Cheating. <laughs> I ain't cheating. I'm just using my skills in real life to help me. No, but I just, I don't know what it, I just, it, I see this challenge and I'm just like, uh, if you can do that challenge, especially with the waves, I'm like, skills. So that's probably also a factor in it. They, 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 everybody started off really because to me, that little first rim is, is pretty low. I mean, until your feet start hurting, and eh, everybody got a fair chance. But we can tell how long they were out there because they flashed and showed a picture of Joe's hand turning. Uh, when you've been in water too long and your skin starts to wrinkle up, so they, they were out there for a while. It, it, we only saw bits and pieces of it, but they were there for a while. Mm -hmm. I was curious about that because it did show them when the challenge first started, it showed them on the second to highest part of the pyramid. So oh, yeah. I'm thinking that maybe they did film the first couple of mm. uh, uh, foothold points uh, and then maybe didn't use them because no one fell off and then it kept going. That's what I'm wondering. Um, but then Jeff introduces a twist. This was so cinematic. I again, the rain worked so perfectly for this because it kind of muddied the water a little bit. Um, where 
let's see. So uh, Jeff introduces a twist where the first person to swim to a floating buoy will earn an advantage in the game. The castaways that attempt to earn the advantage will lose their shot at immunity. So they're basically choosing to disqualify themselves from the challenge. So he he chops down on a rope and these buoys pop out of the water (laughs) and we get... It was so cool. And we got Spencer and Steven who decide that they want to go for it with Steven winning the advantage. Well, I got to ask the question. who, If it was us three, who's jumping off to go for it? That's one of my favorite challenges. I'm going to be on there until I fall off. Uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not swimming. Well, I can swim. I'm not, I don't know if I can swim that fast. Because I would expect that Spencer could swim faster than Fishback. But it turned out, mm. no. But let me ask you to this. Do you think you would go for it if you thought there was no way you were going to make it once you get to the final round, which is standing on the top? Because I feel like some people really underestimated their balance for Mm. the final position. That's where if I'm feeling like I'm struggling, I might as well go for it. Well, I think the thing with that specific challenge is because you're like you're it's going like this and like people will always say this i've got a great balance i can do all that and i'm like once you are in this much width and you've got and it's already a height i was like trust me your core needs to be solid so i do think a lot of people underestimated that they are constantly going to be having to move their center of gravity to coincide with not just the waves but everything every little movement um but i for, for me, like I said, I would have stayed on there just because it's my favorite challenge. I would have wanted to see how far I can go. But I'm also not surprised it was them too. Yeah, I like I like Abby's approach. I think Abby had a better center of gravity for the for the game. Mm. Um, would I jump off? Two things. One, it all depends on how comfortable I feel with the individuals that were in my alliance. That I could take that chance and not worry about being voted out. So it didn't make a difference. But to Ali, I'd have been competing. I'd have been like, I want to see if I can win. And that that would have been the competitive part of me saying, we're going to go to the end. Um, I think if the waves were rough, were rougher, Abby would have won and Joe would have, because uh, Joe is taller. So when they went up to one foot, as they went up and they continued to go up, and that's in the transition, because I think, who was it? Kimmy got knocked out on transition. Oh, uh, did. Yeah, so she got knocked out on transition because she couldn't go to one foot. So it wasn't like it was like, oh, I made a mistake. No, so that transition was... Got her out. Do you know what it was with that transition? And I, I kind of noticed it being like a, she wasn't moving her weight. Like she wasn't deciding what's what foot she was going to go on. Mm. And then when she did decide, she didn't counterbalance her weight straight away. So it's like you, you did actually kind of see it in. I think it was Joe. You kind of no, or it was one of them. So it was Joe or Abby. You kind of saw them already as soon as Jeff said it. You saw them kind of just lift whichever foot just slightly off. You, I, someone's heel, someone's heel just kind of came slightly off yeah. because what it did is it helped them already gain that center. And then I think with Joe, what helped him a bit more than Abby was that Joe had slightly bent his knee. And I know that sounds so stupid, but if you're stuck oh, up straight, absorber. Yeah, you're, if you're stuck up straight, you have no kind of leeway. At least when, if you're balancing and you have the slightest bend, you're able to kind of just have that little bit of wiggle room to be able to adjust if you need to. 
Whereas you kind of saw Abby was just straight up and then she did something very stupid. Well, I think uh, Abby caught that cramp. I think that's that was that was part of what kind of started to get her out. Because once you catch a cramp and you're trying to be on one foot and you're trying to work it out and nah, usually a cramp goes undefeated. You're trying to stretch out. But Keith, <laughs> Keith did the transition, just fell in the water. Keith almost to me like he just fell in the water. It wasn't like he was pushed or he was unbalanced. It was like, wait a minute, I transition. I just don't feel right. I fell in the water. Everybody else really got legitimately knocked out during the transition for whatever reason. Um, but I like the element of the balls and just kind of springing them on them because you only have a split second once Jeff gives you the instruction to say, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to go for it? Am I just going to watch? Yeah. And we see Fishback and Spencer, really two people that are in no danger of being voted out. But I do like the fact that Fishback won um, and he gets an opportunity to be mischievous. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely very exciting. So we should talk about who wins the immunity challenge. In my head, in my heart, I think I'm just going to convince myself that Abby did win this and just kind of go from there, right? Let's just say they decided not to vote out Joe, but no, Joe wins his third individual immunity of the season. Definitely painting the target on his back way more now. So he's got to keep doing this. He's got to keep winning. I think Joe's in a good position. Um, I don't think anybody really it's a lot more people they want to get knocked out because of other reasons than joe right now but i think the issue with joe now is that because he wants to be able he wants to have that chance for to prove that you know he didn't need immunities to win and in order to do that he would need to kind of not win immunity and be able to show that you know he had the social bonds he had the strategic gameplay to keep himself safe and with constantly winning immunity it then becomes that thing of it's it's going to be such a struggle because as soon as you then lose people are going to be like this person's won like the last 27 immunities like this is the this may be the only chance we get and we've seen it happen mm -hmm. before in survivor so my worry with joe is if if he does just focus on always constantly winning and then that's where he relies on it, he's never going to be able to prove to a jury, I had these social bonds, I had these strategic moves because of the fact that he was never vulnerable to showcase that. Well, I think I, that's where his, like, that's where it might struggle for him. I, I got to ask you, Ollie, then. Would you win or would you lose to prove that you could lose and still get a better, get a little resume a little extra to your resume or you'd be like i'm gonna play and i'm not and if i lose and y'all vote me out then hey y'all got me so ollie mm. what you gonna do now again i think it completely depends on your stance in the game with joe he's in a very like again he's in kind of this big alliance the only person that's throwing out his name is steven and if he's aware of this and can counteract mm. that then perfect because again he's this is the thing with Joe, he's saying he knows Stephen, he knows he's on Stephen's radar. So it's that case of if you know this person, you're on this person's radar, prove that you've gone, here you go, I've not got immunity. My name was out there and I was able to get this person out instead. Now for me, if if I knew that, because I'm I have this very big thing with Survivor, it's the ABCs. Adaptability, balance, <coughs> and 
charm. And Joe's done very well at the um, charm. He's done very well at the adaptability so far this season. But right now, his balance is off because he's so focused on the on winning that that's just currently his big thing. And everyone's being like, this is the physical. And yeah. it's, it, it, it's the worry that it's going to overshadow his other elements so much that if he tries to big it up, people just could, could just be like, but here's this. Here's this big elephant that you can't, like, go behind. I'm so. with you, Ollie, because with with Joe, I feel like he missed an opportunity. He already saw what happened when Wentworth played her idol. He missed an opportunity, in my opinion, to make good with Sierra, Abby, and Wentworth. And, you know, I think he would have a stronger game if, yes, he was winning the challenges like he's been doing, but also if he was willing to work with the three of them, like Steven was willing to work with the three of them, this one. Like, I don't know what's stopping him from maybe he's just way too comfortable with being one of a, a large alliance, but I, I it's a missed opportunity. You know, I think Joe's, and you're right, Ollie. If you continue to win, when you don't win is when you really got to look out. And that's when those alliance comes in. That's when those relationships comes in, where we know you can win, but now you didn't win, so we're going to vote you out. So it's going to be interesting to see as we go through the season what happens to that strategy that currently Joe is competing and see what happens when he doesn't win. That's going to be pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about this now. So Steven opens his advantage, and it turns out to be a steal a vote. But he doesn't want to use it for this tribal because he thinks that with his wits and hustle, I had to get the quote right with what he said, with his wits and hustle, he knows and he knows he's safe that he knows that he can get wiggles out. So he already has Abby, Sierra and Wentworth and he approaches uh, Steven and no, he's Steven. He approaches Spencer and Jeremy about being additional votes to getting wiggles out. I'm so surprised this worked. Yeah, I think this kind of goes back to your point of even though it was very Stephen heavy, the move potentially couldn't have happened without Spencer and Jeremy. And to Stephen's credit, he needs to persuade them. And that's the credit he can get. He can he can have the credit of this was my idea. Um, and I did do a lot of convincing, but the execution mm. wouldn't go to him because he had to rely on convincing Jeremy and Spencer to flip. Um, also, I do believe, I don't know if someone can quote me on this, isn't this the first steal a vote in Survivor? I know that they had mm. extra, brought in extra votes. Um, I'm trying to remember if this is the first steal vote. I don't know. It looks fresh, like it hadn't been seen before, but it's all—it's also being presented differently. You know, we kind of see the steal of vote. We got the instructions for the steal of vote. Now let's see what the execution of the steal of vote is. I think it's the first time. Yeah, it may be the first time I've heard it before. I'll find out. Let me do my quick research. So, but I think that um, we also see that you have to play the game of Survivor. You, you at some point you're going to have to vote somebody out that was either in your alliance or at the bottom of your alliance. And that's where you want to come in, where we know that that name has been on there. Was it? Is it the first time? Yep. 
Yeah. So we get to see the first steal of vote. We get to see the excitement behind the steal of vote. And we get to see who's pre presenting himself as a mastermind on how to get Survivor done. Fishback with the steal of vote. I just want to see if it's going to be executed correctly hmm. and actually show us something. Because that, then you get a chance to say, oh, I use my steal of vote. This is what I got. So it's going to be interesting to see how he plays it. But does he need to play it tonight? Um, it's, to me, it's always tribal council is always 50-50 what you put it in play might work, might not work. Yeah. I mean, good for Steven for recognizing that he probably didn't have to play it. Um, I was nervous for him just with the edit. I think this proved to me at least that Jeremy truly is like much closer to Steven than I originally gave mm. Steven credit for. Um, so it was great to see the, the thing that I was just really questioning with this was when good on steven for this but i was so confused with jeremy and spencer um when steven was like hey we don't want to stay on the bottom the whole time and then spencer was even like are we on the bottom like this was really confusing to me this strategy talk it kind of seemed a little gaslighty a little bit but i i want to give kudos to spencer for at least questioning questioning like the i don't really think that's the case I think somebody done turned the light off in Spencer's room and he's kind of walking around in the dark on some things sometimes. I'd be like, are you, are you, you are playing this game. I mean, you switched almost 365 to play this game. Now we're trying to figure out where you're at. Um, I don't think this makes Spencer, uh, that makes Fishback look like a genius move. I don't think it makes him like it's mm. a genius move. I just think that it was at the right time. And I think with, he needed Sierra and Abby and them to jump on board because now they feel like they had a victory. So they feel good about what they just did or what they're about to do. Um, I like Jeremy's position because he didn't have to play an idol. He doesn't have to worry about playing an idol. Uh, Joe just sitting there kind of relaxing because, you know, he won immunity. So he's not really worrying about it. And then we got messy, you know, messy Jeff up there asking all kind of <laughs> questions. Um, was Keith even at tribal? Say something this time? Was he there? Uh, Keith <laughs> says he's not thinking straight with a lack of food oh. and sleep. That's yeah. what it was. Should have won the reward challenge, Keith. Yeah. I will say, like, with that particular kind of when it was them pre-talking mm -hmm. and then kind of looking at that, I feel like the only person that really benefited and, like, it kind of did give them a more of a resume was Jeremy, only in the sense of Spencer made a comment when they were discussing and Spencer's going, I don't know if I can trust them. Oh, I just don't. And I'm thinking in my head, like, thinking back, being like, weren't they the ones that saved you pre-merge and then you turned your back on them straight away? Clearly, it's them that wouldn't be able to... It's like, you've got to prove your trust to them because you actually stabbed them in the back first. Sure, sure you got to have a short memory on Survivor. Yeah, truly. Mm. <laughs> I, um, I was, there was that one thing I was just like, Spencer, <laughs> come by. I mean, I guess no one really noticed if that's the way he's feeling about mm. this vote now. So let's go to tribal council. Um, one most important thing in my book that I wrote down is that Savage entered wearing a beanie. In the rain. I'm like, what are you in, doing? In man? the rain. He might get a cold later. That was a miserable downpour. Oh my God, that rain looks so bad. I, like, I felt so bad for them. And oh I God. think even you kind of saw, I think it was one of the few times you saw Jeff's expression, like, I'm keeping an eye on this because if we kind of have to go away and wait, I think he was at, I think that was one of the few tribals he was looking being like, I've got to keep these people like this is the one. Look, 
There, there is a weather report. They know it's raining. Stop playing it. We we pray. Everybody, Savage, who was sitting over there? Savage was praying for rain when he got there. When he got to travel, he was happy. What he wasn't happy about that they didn't have them covered up and he had to sit in the rain with them. Yeah. But he was, he <laughs> yeah, was praying for the rain. Path. Yeah. He and, and and look, Cass and them, they were at the they were waiting to come over and they were praying for rain. I hope it rained, man, because I hope they freeze out there. You don't care nothing about them other castmates. They still playing you out. So Jeff, and you you happy Jeff suffering too. So no, I'm happy for the rain. They'll be okay. They got medical staff there. I love that Abby saluted Savage uh, on his way in as well. It was just, it was just, it's fun to cut away to Abby. Um, Abby, Missy Abby. <laughs> just a wonderful, wonderful presence on this season. And we get Wentworth and Sierra again. They're saying, oh, with with the the move that Wentworth made last tribal, hopefully that has awakened people to make more stronger moves. And then Jeremy says something interesting. He talks about voting blocks a little bit, and they cut to Stephen. And it's like, oh, Jeremy's going along with my plan. Like this, this confirms it. Just the way that which Jeremy sort of restated some of the things that he and Steven talked about before tribal. I thought that was really cool. Mm. I think, like this tribal was very much um, very focused on the voting blocks, and I think this is this was when it comes to this season. Very much voting blocks has become a very big staple within it. And I think this is the first kind of tribal, the big voting, the, the voting block discussion has really kind of been the centre of attention because you heard Kimmy kind of being like, there's no point. And then you kind of heard other people giving the pros to it. Um, so, yeah, I that was that that is kind of what I think is kind of the interesting part about this season that you do have this very different style and again it is watching this particular tribal and so far this season I do feel like Jeff had a point of saying you do see this evolution now and I feel like this was a very big season of that kind of strategic evolution which was very fun to see and I think this tribal kind of gave it the spotlight yeah, I think for the game of Survivor, you don't want to be predictable. You don't want every tribal council to be like, oh, we're going to vote out this person, then you vote that person out. One that's boring is all get out. You want to see these unpredictable, wishy-washy, go back on their word, backstabbing players, do backstabbing stuff. And tonight, they did backstabbing stuff. And we like, this is great, because we was like, they're not going to vote one of their own out. Jeremy's not going to flip. Hey, we, we're going to see that they're going to stay strong. No, they just out there being messy. I do like in the talk about like the of the evolution of the gameplay, which, by the way, I'm getting so tired of this. We've never seen this level of gameplay before in Survivor. I'm t I'm tired. I, you know, I get it. I hear it. I see it. They're talking different. They second I know. It's one of those things where I actually thought it was interesting. Steven was like, yes, the game is evolving. Um. And he says that you can give your word to people and still be flexible and expect that others will be flexible with their promises to you. Which I'm like, you're just basically pre-apologizing for blindsiding your alliance tonight. <laughs> you basically say I, you a liar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, don't hold me to it. I feel like Steven does have a slight point in the sense of, I think he was kind of trying to remind people that, you know, this is a game and... Yes, there is a loyalty element, but 
again, we've seen it so many seasons where someone can make it to the end. Perfect example, Mike Trimming from Samoa. Mm. He made it all the way to the end, but and and he was loyal. Nothing bad there, but he was loyal to a fault where it was like you never saw him waver. And then it got to the jury, and they were just sat there like, "Well, you didn't care about us. Like, why should we care?" And I feel like that's what kind of I feel like Stephen was hinting at. It's that thing of you have to remember we have to play this game as what's best for us. And if at that moment it's, I have to make this move because it's going to help me in the game and I, it's what I have to do game-wise, just please remember to, like, not respect, like, not just respect it and shut up, but please know that it is, it's that game element that we've all signed up for. Because I do think we're kind of seeing, not bitterness, but I do feel like we are seeing people trying to bring in this element of, moral high ground and i'm kind of sat there like this is survivor i was like you can have it to a degree and then you've got to get rid of it because yes you can be loyal but if that loyal if that staying true to an alliance is not going to get you a win and you want the win you've, you've got to do what you've got to do Hey Matt, if you if you say that same fishback line, I am voting you out immediately. <laughs> I know, right? You should. Right. I'm gonna be like Ollie. Did, let me tell you what what he said. He no, he got to go. I can't trust him. You got to go. You got to. Go. I'm oh, with yeah. you there. I mean, we'll see what happens in the next couple of episodes. We're getting really close to the end. But for this tribal council, Kelly Wigglesworth is voted out. It is a 6-3-2 vote. Votes for Wiggles are Abby, Sierra, Wentworth, Stephen, Jeremy, and Spencer. We got three votes for Sierra, Wiggles, Tasha, and Kimmy, and two votes for Wentworth, which were Keith and Joe. So These clearly, votes were just crazy. This was, you, I was like, who didn't talk to who on these votes? But hey, let me tell you something. If you really want to see how a person feels about what has happened to them on Survivor, it's in that moment Jeff snuffs your torch and you like, these muggles, they got me. Yeah. Oh, you saw some sour faces. <laughs> she was like, you mothers. Oh, I just can't wait to get back to the beach to see the fallout from this and see oh. if the og Bion alliance is able to recoup and reconnect after this so i want to thank you all again for joining us for this episode uh, of our rewatch of survivor cambodia we are going to be back next week with episode 10. also as a reminder the channel is watching big brother 25 so feel free to join us for our episode recaps after each episode airs thank you again for joining us and we will see you next week Next week.